Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and we are also joined today, as always, by producer Annabelle Lee. Hello, hello. Hello. Very merry hello, guys. Coming up on today's show, a bit of a different festive episode. This is the year of 2021 in review. So what were the biggest stories of the last 12 months, and how do we feel about them with the gift of hindsight? Plus, we name our top read, watch, and listen recommendations from the year that was, look back at some of our favourite shameless podcast moments, and share the lessons we'll be taking with us into 2022. And guys, we will be doing all of that with a glass, or should I say mug, full of champagne. <laughs> we brought champagne to the office, Annabelle, but we forgot to bring champagne glasses. We so. also forgot to refrigerate it until about half an hour ago. Oh, Lord, ago. this is chaotic. I also hate <laughs> opening champagne bottles, which Zara's about I'm to do about now. I'm about to do it. Keep talking. Talk amongst oh. yourselves while I try this. I'm worried she's going to aim it at one of us. Oh, you <laughs> bet I will. <laughs> okay, Annabelle, while Zara mm. uncorks the champagne, is it even uncorking? While Zara sorts out our champagne, oh, there we go. It actually was very seamless for those playing along at home. Good job. I will pour. And what are we starting to talk about today? Well, I mean, we wanted to name our top recommendations of the year, Annabelle, because it's been a great year of recommendations, if I do say so myself. I feel like we've had a great year of read, watch and listen recs in particular. So I thought I'd give Zara the challenge of picking her top three from 2021. Yeah, I am so ready to go. I'm multitasking right now. I'm watching the bubbles sort of drop and then feeling it back up. You know, (laughs) if anyone's ever poured a champagne, you know what I'm talking about. It's not quite finished yet. But I think my top read recommendation from the year is a book. And when I say top recommendation, I assume we mean like our favourites rather than the most valuable insight we feel like we can give. Mm. And it has to be Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. It was the book I read 
on our June, July break this year. And I have to say with Sorrow and Bliss, I started the first sort of third of the book and I certainly didn't think when I was reading the first third of the book that it was going to be my favourite book by any stretch. But I got to the end of it and I was bawling my eyes out and I was just happy and sad and laughing and blown away by how beautiful the writing was. That's me on my period. (laughs) I gave it to my mum the other day and she was started to read it in front of me and she got... You know when you're watching someone read a book that you've recommended and she was giggling within the first page. So that's got to be my favourite read. What about you? My top read recommendation of the year is actually this month's book club pick, The Paper Palace. An interesting one because I I loved this book. Spoiler alert for those who will listen to the book club episode when it does come out. We've recorded it but it's not released yet. I adored this book. It's not my favourite book of 2021. I think there were other books that I loved just that little bit more. What's it doing here then? (laughs) Because I think my other favourite book was actually a Taylor Jenkins read book and I think that's a pretty basic recommendation. The Paper Palace is a slightly more niche book and I think it is just the best way to spend your time this summer. If you want to pick up a book, could not recommend The Paper Palace more. Yeah, and anyone who does listen to our book club episode on Saturday will know there is a slight trigger warning that comes with that book. It does kind of detail not to sort of dark in the mood, but it does sort of detail experiences with child sexual abuse. So for people to know that before going in is probably helpful. Mm. But if you can handle that kind of content, I couldn't recommend it more. Should we quickly cheers? Yes. Now that's all poured into the, the shitty little mugs that we've got here. <laughs> no, they're wonderful mugs. If we're talking TV recommendations or watch recommendations, I really can't go past It's a Sin on Stan. It really had its moment the minute it was released. But if people are listening to this episode and are new to the show or if Mm. people are listening to this and still haven't got around to watching it, it's sad, as we said it. It's sort of a a drama about the AIDS epidemic. It's really sad, but it is so well put together. It is so well acted. It's just amazing. Yeah, and it's a good one as well because we watched that at the very beginning of the year. I think it was January or Feb that we discovered it's a sin. And so for that to still be one of our favourite watch recommendations. I mean, we all have recency bias, right? It's the Mm. stuff that we've read and watched and listened to recently that often pops up in our top picks for the year. But it's a sin, 10 out of 10 easily. Also, we can't go without mentioning Drive to Survive, which sparked the F1 (laughs) obsession that swept not only this podcast, but its community as well. Yeah, that is one of the great TV recommendations. That actually came from Rhee, our partnerships director at Shameless. She will want that shout out because she always reminds us we didn't (laughs) find that ourselves, that show. We would never have ever got into Formula One if not for someone who has similar interests to us saying, I promise you, you will like it. And I think a lot of our listeners have felt the same. Yeah, exactly. So Drive to Survive on Netflix, It's a Sin on Stan. Now let's talk about our listen recommendations. For me, I struggled with this because I didn't want to pick Sweet Bobby, which I recommended last week. It really is one of my favourite podcasts from the year. It's great. I listened to it after you. you recommended it. Episode three is where it really (laughs) kicks off for me in my listening experience. See, I felt like from episode one I was in a trance. I loved it so, so much. But Sweet Bobby, if I'm not going to include that because it was recommended last week, The Sure Thing by the AFR this year was an incredible podcast about a fraud scam. And I've got to say, just one of those listens where it's stuck with me ever since. And I think it's just it's just a really good Australian podcast. It's a great Australian podcast. That had me hooked from the moment I started listening to Mm -hmm. it. Mine was, I actually picked thanks to Jen Lucas again, (laughs) who put together that spreadsheet last week of all our recommendations, because I did go back through them to think, what did I like the most out of everything that I recommended? 
And what I came out with was an episode of the Cuts podcast called How Do I Know If I Want Kids? Mm. And I think I want to bring it up today because for us it sparked so many conversations both on and off the mic about being someone who's, what, 26, 27 and entering this phase of your life where some people tell you you should settle down, some people tell you you shouldn't, (laughs) and all of the conversations that come with that. And it's an incredibly tricky time and incredibly tricky decisions to make. And I felt like this podcast episode put everything that I've ever thought about having children into an audio package and it is really remarkable. In fact, I really want to go back and listen to it now. Yeah, love it. Annabelle, any top recommendation for 2021? Oh, Well, now that we're on listens, I do have an album that I have been listening to all year round. So random. You guys wouldn't have listened to this. (laughs) What is this album? It is by Greta Ray, who is my top Spotify wrapped artist. I have listened to this. Because of me or? uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I think it just came up for me because I listened to Taylor Swift and it kind of recommended me some Greta Ray. Yes. I've listened to some Greta Ray, but I don't know the album. Talk to me. She's a huge Taylor Swift fan, firstly. This is her debut album. It's called Begin to Look Around and it is just incredible. I love listening to Australian music and she's my favourite Aussie artist ever. Annabelle, you and me finally yeah. overlapping. <laughs> that Venn diagram came together the fast yes. show of the year, the last show of the year. I love that so much. We're going to take everyone through a few different things today, Mish. We're going to yeah. talk about the biggest stories from the year and the things that we really liked. We're going to talk about our favourite moments of the year. We're going to talk about some lessons if we feel like getting a bit earnest. <laughs> We're going to hear from the listeners as well who left voicemails. We've got so much to talk about, Mish, but I want to start by talking about the pop culture stories that shaped 2021. Yeah, and before we talk to you about our favourite stories from the year that was, let's hear from you guys. What were your favourite pop culture stories? Hello, shameless ladies. Maddie here, just reaching out in response to your Instagram story asking for your favourite celebrity stories of the year. My favourite story this year would definitely be the story of Leah Michelle throwing a shoe at someone on the shoot for a magazine. I was just calling up to say that my favourite celebrity 2021 moment has to be people and society finally normalising Pete Davidson's attractiveness. My favourite celebrity story would have to be when Victoria Beckham said that she would rather die than wear Justin Bieber's Crocs. I have to say, J-Lo and Ben Affleck reuniting this year is my favourite celebrity story. It just brings back all the 90s nostalgia, all those feels. My favourite celebrity story of 2021 was the white powder snorting scandal featuring Nadia Bartel. I know it's bad, but I couldn't help myself. Always Tristan and Chloe will never get enough of it, especially everyone's reactions. No one's surprised anymore. God, this was really hard to choose, but I would have to say Harry and Meghan talking on Oprah. Definitely Travis and Courtney and everything to do with them. My favourite celebrity story of the year was freeing Britney Spears. I think they really wrapped them up pretty well, hey? Oh, my goodness. I agree with a lot of those, by the way. Well, exactly. And I think one of the big themes from this year, the stories that did really well, were ones that were baked in, like, nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. We really saw the vibe of 2020 carry through into 2021. Remember how at the end of last year we were talking a lot about, like, the millennial rebranding of Diana? There was a lot of kind of 90s 
royal stories in particular being dragged back up and spoken a lot about and re-examined in pop culture. This year we saw even more 90s and even some early and mid-noughties stories be revived. We had, of course, Britney Spears and her conservatorship. We had the Friends reunion, Sex and the City reboot, Taylor Swift, Jake Gyllenhaal, like so much stuff. I think the one that's really stood out to me is the Sex and the City reboot. I think it's been such a huge cultural moment. We have seen an extremely positive response to our Scandal series because everyone wants to talk about Sex and the City at the moment. And I think as well, when these stories are dragged back up, we look at them in a new light. We did it with Britney Spears and the conservatorship. We uncovered a whole bunch of stuff that had been happening for, what, 13 years. With the Sex and the City reboot, Zara, we've just got a new piece of information about one of its key stars. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we could do this episode without talking about the fact that the day or two after we dropped our episode last week, allegations came out against Chris Knopf. He was accused of sexual assault in an initial report from The Hollywood Reporter from two different women who had eerily similar stories of their experience with Knopf. Now, the 67-year-old actor has strongly denied the claims. He has labelled them categorically false But a day or two after they were made public, a third woman came forward too. Mm. And I think that's the thing about these reboots happening, right, and the the people who are incredibly famous 10 or 20 years ago come back into the public eye in that people that did terrible things in their Mm. careers – We now exist in a more supportive world. I won't say a perfect world, but Mm. certainly a more supportive world where women are like, you know what, you're back in the public eye. People should know this. Yeah, and I think as well it's quite eerie to read the three women's stories because there are so many parallels. They read so similarly that it's horrible that almost – a carbon copy experience allegedly happened to three separate women in different decades. Yeah, in totally different decades. And it's like, it's a really hard one for people to grapple with, I think, given this show is on air and and he was a much loved character for so many of us. It's hard to separate a character from a human, but these stories are awful. And Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kristen Davis took a few days, but they did release a statement in support of these women, acknowledging how terrifying it can be to say this stuff publicly and how much courage it takes to speak their truth. Yeah. And what whiplash for everyone involved as well. I mean, last episode, we spoke about the Peloton ad. We were saying it was like a masterclass in PR and how Peloton responded to the whole big death, Sex and the City debacle. And then to now say they've had to pull that ad, it's just whiplash the entire story. Yeah, it's a total mess. And then if we are wanting to talk more about nostalgia in this episode and what makes people nostalgic, we can't look past... Ben and Jen. We simply can't. Like, I know this was the story that we had just such polarising opinions on in our audience. People loved it or people asked us to stop talking about it, but we just never stopped talking about it. We were too obsessed. Yeah. The story of Jennifer LaPaz and Ben Affleck originally broke on April 30 this year and everyone was in disbelief. Remember, it was only earlier this year that Jennifer LaPaz was engaged to A-Rod. She was engaged. They were talking about weddings. We had that really cataclysmic breakup because A-Rod was allegedly texting or video calling a reality star in America. He was doing all the sad breakup posts on Instagram, like grieving J-Lo. And then all of a sudden, within a few weeks, J-Lo and Ben Affleck are back together and very much back on And I don't think a PR thing. I think this might actually be legit. There's nothing they're trying to push in our face that they're trying to sell and they're still together, what, 
nine months later I yeah, can't do months I can't do months, <laughs> months later either no I agree with that because I think when this story about Jennifer Lepaz and Ben Affleck broke people were a bit skeptical we thought perhaps they were filming like or recreating that music video but it really doesn't seem to be the case I think it was such an interesting story and I think it would be so easy for us to lack a bit of nuance in our coverage about it and say, well, COVID was happening, we needed some comfort, we Mm. needed something old to look back on. But COVID was really only happening in like a few corners of the world. Like, yes, it was happening in our world in Victoria and in New South Wales world as well and on and off around the country. But it wasn't like the rest of the world was really seized in the same way our winter was. So I really do want to know what it was about these two. Like, do we just love the 90s resurgence, the nostalgia resurgence? Is it just that we love seeing exes get back together? Mm, I think it's a few things. I think we love JLo, number one. She has always maintained relevancy. It's not as if we feel nostalgic when we see JLo because JLo's always been omnipresent in the public eye. She has carved out a career that has made her always the peak of relevancy. She was only in Hustlers, like absolutely dominating that starring role in Hustlers a couple of years ago. I think it's the nostalgia of their actual relationship. Like we miss this early noughties moment in history. None of us thought this was on the cards. None of us thought this would ever happen. And it's such a curveball that we can't help but want to know every little detail. Yeah, I totally agree with you in all of what you just said. I want to move on from the nostalgia and talk about Kardashian supremacy. Mm. I don't think we can talk about any year in pop culture, literally any week in pop culture, without mentioning the Kardashians. And they dominated the headlines once again. They always manage to do it. And as Michelle thinks, always very naturally. (laughs) Just organic (laughs) coverage of the Kardashians. (laughs) Just happen to be dramatic all of the time. Look, I think we absolutely need to start with Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. It's not really an out there thing to say that Kourtney Kardashian is probably or has historically been the lowest profile Kardashian. She's the least followed on social media. She's expressed a deep desire to not always be super public. She has more than her siblings certainly retreated from the public eye on multiple occasions. And yet this year, 2021, we saw Courtney at her most public, at her most candid, and certainly with the highest level of PDA that we had ever experienced from Courtney Kardashian, because she went from being friends with Travis Barker late last year to being engaged to him come October. That was quick. I didn't realise it was so quick. Yeah. Well, they've known each other for years, right? So oh, I imagine sure. it's that like very fast I'm not falling quick in love. No. I'm not quick shaming. <laughs> we don't quick shame here at Shameless, but it is really interesting that they've been friends for so long. You decide you want to pursue things romantically. And of course, like you already know each other back to front. So what's there to wait for? Or what are you really doing if you're not moving at the pace you want to move at? This was really like two, again, two celebrities that I don't think many people saw coming. Blink 182 drummer. And Courtney Kardashian. I think for me, not to look at this in like a really cynical way, because I, I'm not cynical about them in the slightest. I think they are very much in love, but I think it also allowed Courtney Kardashian this ability to completely rebrand herself at a time when she hadn't been able to do that for a while. Like she'd sort of tried to go into the push space and the wellness space. And I don't know if she'd properly carved like her own identity outside of the Kardashians. And I would hazard a guess that she would have been keen to do that in the mm. way that her sisters have been able to. And by no means am I saying that she's been able to re-identify herself because of a man, but I think it's probably she's just entered into this new phase of her life yes. where she's finding new interests and new friends. And I think that has encouraged 
encouraged her to think, who am I? How do I want to dress? What do I want to be? How do I want people to see me? Yeah, well, she's left a really toxic relationship. Yes. And I think she has flourished because of that. This year, we also had the Kim and Kanye divorce. That was in January. And look at all the stories that came out of that relationship falling apart. Not only did we have Kanye moving on with Arena Shake for a little bit, and now Arena Shake and Bradley Cooper are back together. <laughs> No, it's been a long year. <laughs> Genuinely, we also had Kim apparently dating Pete Davidson. They were only pictured at a restaurant a few days ago. So that, whatever the fuck that is, I mean, we can have a million different conspiracy theories. That's still bubbling away and still going on. If you had told me on January 5, when news broke that the split was imminent between Kim and Kanye, that at the end of the year, Kim would be with Pete Davidson or in some weird PR arrangement with Pete Davidson, I would have called you an idiot. All right, so how long do we give Kim and Pete? Oh, I think they will be seeing other people by Feb. I was going to say March. I think we'll get the split announcement in about March. Well, will we get a split announcement or we'll just be like, oh, they're, they're good friends, it was casual, whatever. Good point. Maybe we won't. I think it'll all come to a head and reports will start like murmuring early March, to be honest. Yeah, well, their new show, I think, will be landing around then. Whatever the new show is, they've been filming it. For example, Travis and Courtney's engagement was filmed for that show. So and we will Chloe hear. did say on Ellen recently that it's a really tight turnaround. Like it's a mm. quick turnaround between filming and release. So we will see. And then we also miss Beyond Kardashian Supremacy. We also saw, as we do often every year, <laughs> a whole bunch of influencers behaving badly. Yeah, influencers behaving badly was almost the main theme of 2021, I would say. I think we had we had some, I mean, different levels of bad behaviour. It needs to be said. We had some minor offences. For example, flashback to March when Beck Judd found herself in headlines <laughs> for rehoming her friend's pyjamas. Do we remember this yeah. story? <laughs> Do we ever? I actually think this might be one of my favourite stories of the year because in my mind it is so completely harmless. It's like everything I love about celebrity, yeah. I think. It's so completely harmless. It's a little bit silly. It just has every ingredient that I love. Yeah, if you need a reminder, Beck Judd rehomed the PR gift of her friend and reality TV star from Yummy Mummy's Lorinska's new pyjama brand. So the pyjama brand is called Royale and after posting a photo of herself and her young daughter in the pyjamas, Beck allegedly sent them to the local op shop. A keen-eyed fan then sent a photo of them at the op shop to Celeb Spellcheck. Celeb Spellcheck posted it and it was so big. This blew up so big, so fast. Lorinska had to give a quote to the Daily Telegraph about it, expressing her disappointment. <laughs> It was a rock and a hard place for Lorinska. <laughs> actually, a rock and a hard place for both of them. Both of them didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Although actually a few of our listeners were a bit like, why is Beck Jod rehoming this? Why is she doing it so soon? And I was like, I just think it's an honest mistake. Mm, I think where some upset came from with our listeners was the fast fashion vibes, right? That you're promoting something yeah. that you want people to buy. You're not even keeping it yourself. That whole dynamic. But I've got to say, I do think doing the right thing by your friend and just trying to be a good friend and help out her brand does trump that. Like I get the bigger picture argument, but when it's you and you're in the moment and your own friend is asking you for a favour, are you really thinking about the global crisis of like pollution and waste? Maybe not. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was an interesting conversation we had with our listeners because it's like how many people are not going to try and be loyal to a friend yeah. in these kind of scenarios? Let's also talk, I know he's not strictly 
an influencer, but he's an influencer to me. He's he trying is. to influence the world. Cotty Simpson. Cotty Simpson, of course. He wanted to boost the profile of swimming this year. This came off the back of his comments in December 2020 where he said, it is my greatest ambition in life to expand the limit and perceived notion of what's possible for someone to achieve in a single lifetime. Cotty then said in April, I knew there would be a certain amount of people that otherwise wouldn't have watched the sport, as in swimming, that may now do because they have followed me in other endeavors and stuff like that it's my favorite sport and it deserves more global recognition my favorite part about this episode is we were able to get the quotes about him saying he wants to expand the limit and perceive notion of what's possible for someone to achieve in a single lifetime even though they were in 2020 yeah. but we needed to give the context <laughs> we needed to give the context he can't get off scot-free that needs to be regurgitated on this podcast until the day we die I think every time he comes up in this podcast we say that quote it's, it's my- like the Ben Affleck son quote it is It is a bit like that one. I think that's my favourite celebrity quote of all time, but I did appreciate it. It's kind of funny because I understand in a scenario like this, not to be overly sort of thoughtful about it, but I understand in an interview what he's trying to do and what he's trying to say. But my favourite thing is when you just see these quotes written down Mm. and for someone who's had as much media training as Cotty Simpson to not think maybe that's going to sound a little bit egotistical (laughs) the sport needs more global recognition the sport of swimming (laughs) one of the biggest Olympic sports that exists and I'm going to get it look so those were two minor grievances that we had with influencers and public figures I think when we are stepping it up a notch we of course had Nadia Bartel's scandal in September I think it would be fair enough to say this was the biggest celebrity story in Australia, local celebrity story of 2021. Of course, it was the white powder video that stopped the nation. Fuck the Melbourne Cup. This was the incident that stopped the nation. Well, when we had all those voicemails to go through, and thank you so much, by the way, to everybody who called in our hotline and wanted to share their favourite, or I think favourite's a bit of a reductive word, their most memorable celebrity Mm. story. There were a lot of voice notes about this one. And people weren't saying that they were like relishing in the story necessarily, but people certainly felt like it was the biggest mm. local celebrity story. For those who who want a bit of a recap, who might be from overseas, who might be a new listener, the white powder video actually came out in early September. And basically what happened was businesswoman, influencer, socialite Nadia Bartel was partying in the middle of a lockdown, ostensibly we think to celebrate the end of her very high profile divorce from her former AFL playing husband, Jimmy Bartel. Mm. And there was some white powder being shared around and some white powder being snorted. Now, I think what's really interesting about this story with a bit of hindsight is the timing was horrendous. In a PR sense for Nadia Bartel. I think Melbourne in particular was in a really heightened phase where people were tired and sad and stressed and to see someone breaking lockdown and to be doing illicit drugs while they were doing that, I think it was very hard for a lot of people to stomach. We had this incredible decisiveness around this story when we polled our listeners on Your Safe Friday. Half our listeners said they weren't phased about the drugs and half our listeners were really phased about the drugs. Yeah, and this was such an interesting story to kind of observe and cover and it would be very interesting if it happened today when the sentiment around lockdowns and the sentiment around COVID in general has probably shifted a little bit from when it broke in September. I'd be very interesting to see how we would respond to this today. I also think a huge element of this story is that Nadia 
Leah Bartel, yes, she made a mistake. Absolutely. We are not excusing her behaviour. But she is renowned as a wife and girlfriend of a former football player, even though that divorce went through. And unfortunately, at least in Melbourne, there is a very, very strong culture that rallies against wags. Like we almost want to find any reason we can to despise wags and roll our eyes at them. And we see that in the media all the time. And I think unfortunately when wag, that phrase, which I certainly don't like, but when that phrase was put in headlines next to her name, next to white powder, next to lockdown, it was a recipe for an absolute disaster. It was a recipe for disaster. And I think one thing we didn't have time to properly comment on, I think on the show at the time was how disappointing it was to see the influences around her parenting Mm. because of this. Like no one's saying she didn't make a huge mistake. We certainly make that clear on the show. But I don't think we can say one plus one equals seven. Mm. Like I I really fundamentally don't agree with that. And I thought the subtle reporting around Jimmy Bartel being this wonderful, caring father and the juxtaposition of them telling the story of Nadia was really frustrating and sexist to see. I think as well Nadia handled her resurgence quite well. She went to ground for a month. She didn't post anything. And then when she did come back and in the months since her return, it's been very professional, very much about her businesses, very much about the work that she does day to day. She, from a PR sense, handled it pretty well. Then, after the Nadia story, Zara, I think probably the most egregious error from a celebrity or public figure this year was Georgia Love's racism on Instagram and her lack of like a permanent apology on her feed, only giving out an apology on Instagram stories. Yeah, but I, I don't think that that was necessarily an apology anyway. And mm. I think that's what a lot of people were frustrated by. On a local level, I think the other egregious mistake I can think of on an international level was the Chrissy Teigen mm. saga. The where trolling. The yeah. trolling. And and Chrissy Teigen, I haven't really seen her around ever since then. Yeah, she's still posting. She's still putting stuff out into the world, but her profile is nowhere near as big as it once was for sure. So those were influencers and public figures behaving badly. And then we just had the stories that defined 2021. What the, like we didn't even know what to make of really. We had <laughs> the, the theme here we have is just whoa. Just <laughs> whoa. We had Meghan and Harry on Oprah sharing details about the royal family that completely deviated from the way we have heard and spoken about and reported on the royal family in history. I totally agree with you. We also had the devastating story around Astroworld that I still feel so sick thinking about, to be totally honest with you. And then, of course, we have the Alec Baldwin shooting. Like the last few incredibly tragic celebrity stories that we can't not mention in this episode. Yes, they're not the light and fluffy ones. They are the really sad ones, yeah. but they happen. Army Hammer as well. There were some stories this year that were so dark and bizarre that we don't even have a spot to put them in. They were just really difficult to stomach. Exactly. Annabelle, I'm interested in your thoughts after we've gone through some of the biggest stories from the year. What are your favourite or maybe favourite again, as I said, was it is a bit reductive, most memorable celebrity stories? Well, Georgia Love would have to be one of them. In a weird way, it kind of, for me brought together a community because I think a lot of people are kind of used to swallowing this kind of racism, this kind of subtle racism, I guess you could call it. And so after it happened and people started to come together to talk about how it made them feel, it was oddly 
kind of like a warming sensation in a way, but in terms of happy, fun celebrity stories, I don't know why I'm thinking about this one, but this is the only one I can think of right now. The Thrupple story. Oh, the iconic Thrupple. Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson and Rita Ora. That is an incredible story. I cannot <gasps> believe we forgot about it. That was amazing. Because it sparked so many conversations in my friendship groups about like, who would our Thrupple be? <laughs> who would you be? <laughs> that is so good. Guys, we're going to get to more of our favourite shameless moments after the break, but for now, a word from today sponsor. Alrighty, Mish, we are about to jump into our favourite shameless moments of 2021. But before we get there, let's hear some voicemails. Hey guys, my name's Steph. I just wanted to say a massive thank you for all of your episodes during our lockdowns, especially those episodes that didn't mention the virus. You guys just kept me sane. I would have to say my favourite episode was the Kim Kardashian 72 Day Marriage series. I thought I would let you know that my favourite episode of Shameless this year was when you discussed the couch guy. I still can't get over it. It's hilarious and you guys covered it perfectly. My favourite episode of 2021 was the recent Marilyn Monroe scandal episode. Zahara McDonald backing it up as the original Shameless Oracle. And Merry Christmas. Yay! My absolute favourite episode of this year was August the 5th, a rebuttal to the Wellness Warriors. As a nurse, I cannot stand people who rally against modern medicine, which saves so many lives, and loved what you said about the good old days where things like racism and homophobia were rife and people died of illnesses like AIDS that we can easily prevent now. As a OG diehard Shameless fan, I thought my favourite episodes would have to be one of the Thursday ones, as they're also amazing. But honestly... The Sex and the City Scandal episodes have to be a standout for me. One of my favourites had to be the Heath Ledger episode. It was so good and I was literally crying at my work listening to it. Without a doubt, the greatest moment of this year was Zara's ow! And the fact that Annabelle and Michelle just straight away went, no. I just want to say that the best thing I learned from the podcast this year is that Hugh Grant's middle name is Mungo. Guys, thank you so much for those voicemails. Let's talk about our own favourite moments. I think, to be honest, this might sound unusual because it wasn't really one moment. It was like an episode every single week. But I think my favourite thing from this podcast in 2021 has been launching Scandal. Like, to be honest, we were getting quite tired of doing in conversation. Of course, we enjoyed all of our guests and we loved hearing people's stories. But after you've done more than 100 and you've interviewed kind of the 100 Australian public figures you want to interview, naturally you start to think, what else could we be doing? And I remember we had this conversation, Zara, late on a Friday night one week being like, in convo is not working. We need to change it up. We need to do something. And thank fuck we did. It has been the best part of 2021 for me. I adore our scandal episodes and I just, I'm so glad we made the decision. Yeah, 100%. I'll never forget when you came to me on a Friday afternoon at like 4.30, which is truthfully <laughs> never when you meant to drop a big bomb on a co-worker. <laughs> and you're like, mm, I'm not feeling in combo. I know you're not either. And I was like, can I just have the weekend? Like, can you honestly fuck off? <laughs> the look she gave yeah. me was don't do this to me. I was like, not right now, not right now. <laughs> and then I gave her the weekend. First thing Monday morning, I was like, yeah, let's bin them. Let's do something that we're passionate about. Let's do something that we've been speaking about. Mm. Let's do something that is also really about celebrity 
celebrity and pop culture, which is why we started this show. Yeah. Like that is why we wanted to do this job. That is why we started the podcast and it made so much more sense for us to cover those stories. And the feedback has been really amazing. Like you guys have been incredibly loyal to us and very trusting of us mm. to at the 11th hour us saying we're going to change the content. We are also at the start of this year, Mitch, we swapped our episodes from Monday to Thursday. That's yep. only a 2021 thing. We used to do our Thursday wraps on Mondays and truthfully it gave us an entire new lease on life, us yeah. doing that. It has been amazing and I think what we were worried about at the start of the year, both with changing in Convo to Scandal and swapping the episodes around was whether people would stick around and you absolutely did and that is so kind and so lovely. And we found so many more of you which is lovely and then I've also got to say one of my favourite moments from this year is having you on the podcast. Oh, It's just the best. Like I love sitting here every Thursday and hearing both of your thoughts and hearing Annabelle's silly little quips in the middle of <laughs> Constant <absent>. laughter. <laughs> I don't know. It's just been so great and like I'm so excited for what we're going to do next year now that you're full time. Me too. I know. We will get to that at the end of the show I think my other favorite moment from this year you know I'm big on coincidences and my favorite coincidence from this year came from me (laughs) (laughs) it's even blowing a horn no one has control over coincidences but for those who've forgotten this year we had a remarkable crunch gate slash mips chips coincidence that we can't not recap in February, Michelle and Annabelle, you guys will remember <laughs> that we were sitting in this studio, exactly where we are right now, and I had accidentally been leaning on a sound effect. I'm going to play a snippet from what was happening at that time because I think it will tell the story far better than I can. And sorry for this audio. It was recorded from a phone, not the microphone, so that's why it's a bit echoey. Yeah, guys. That sounds like something chomping. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> someone, someone else has a microphone and they're eating outside of <laughs> What the fuck is going on? Someone is eating. I'm so scared. Is there a sound? It's playing a sound. Oh Oh my god. Why is that a sound? So I was leaning on a sound effect and we all thought that like somebody was watching. I think we thought someone like Big Brother was watching us and eating their lunch. <laughs> it was so silly of us, It to was be honest. so weird. So we came on the show and we told this story and we thought we don't know what the fuck has happened. We don't know what this sound effect is. And then I leave the studio and I go to reception and lovely Shannon who works at the Commons was like, Zara, that's a real person that works here biting into a carrot for a sound effect. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. Wow, that's so weird. A month later. <laughs> I forgot about how this story unfolded. A month later, it was literally almost a month to the day, I come on the show and I said, guys, I found this amazing Instagram account. It's called Mips Chips. They rate like hash browns and and chips, basically anything under the potato family. Potato goods. Yes. Yummy. She rates them all from the supermarkets. You've got to get on it. You've got to follow. How helpful. Shannon then comes back up to me and goes, Zara, you won't fucking believe it. The crunching girl, the crunching girl was Mips Chips. That was the same person. And I thought, I cannot believe this. Then we had our own little meet and greet at the office and we we're both stressed and nervous. We got a photo, we put it on Instagram and that was a huge highlight. I'm so glad that that happened. Carrots, potatoes, she does it all, Mips Chips. Yeah, she does. What a, like, what variety from one woman. Shout out to Mips Chips. We haven't mentioned her in a while. Go follow her on Instagram. Go follow her on Instagram. Guys, I have a little surprise for you if you'll allow me. Please. It's not a Christmas present or anything like that. But I thought if we're going to go through our best shameless moments of 2021, I want to quiz. I want to quiz Michelle, and I will give her one phone a friend Ooh. option to get Annabelle's help with the questions. I am the friend. Now the quiz is five questions. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> You're left out. It took me too long to get that. I've got five questions here. It's all based on stories and content that we've put out over the course of the year. And oh, wow. I want to see what you remember. Okay. Michelle, once you lock in your answer, Annabelle's so welcome to see if she can lock in hers. Okay. But one phone a friend. You can only get a help with the answer once. Think, Annabelle, think. Oh, hard oh, for me. More like me. I need to <laughs> think. Would you? All right, my first question for you. Are you ready? No. Buzzers at the ready. Okay. On February 25, we titled our episode, <laughs> The Golden Boy Loses His Shine. Oh, I know what this is about. Who was the golden boy? It was Sam Burgess. It was Annabelle. Would you have got that? No, I don't okay. think so. It was a while ago. It's all right. They're You're all in trouble ago. here because I actually title most of our episodes. But so I think we're I'll both remember. there. Oh, some of these I thought was hard. I thought that was the easiest okay. one, I think. Oh, fuck. Okay. On March 18, <laughs> Beck Judd caused a storm when she gave her friends new pajamas to the op shop before they had been released to the public. Mm-hmm. What op shop did she give them to? Hampton. What one? Uh, Vinny's? No. Fuck. Salvos. There you go. There are only a couple. Whatever. <laughs> it was in the Hamptons though, wasn't it? It or was Hampton. Hampton Street Salvos. Shout out to that op shop. A great one. Yeah. My third question. No phone a friend yet. <laughs> On April 22, our episode was titled Whip Out Your Breakup Murals. What oh. does that even mean? That was because A-Rod had a breakup mural for J-Lo and he panned across in his Instagram story and there were like photos and candles of J-Lo. <laughs> I'm impressed. Annabelle, would you have got that? I would, definitely. Would I am. I'm going to say I would. <laughs> All right, question number four. She is two from three. On the 29th of July, <laughs> Michelle said the phrase, tough titties, back home you go. <laughs> what were you referencing? It was the maps. Um, it was, oh, I know it's the episode where it was a maths cheating... No, it was Farmer Wants a Wife. Farmer Wants a Wife cheating scandal where one of the farmers got another woman pregnant. Yes, here's a snippet <laughs> from that segment. <laughs> right, so I have never watched this show, disclaimer. So listeners who are confused, I am right there with you. I am holding the baton for our <laughs> whole team and I will get us the information we need. When you go on Farmer Wants a Wife... They divvy up the women to the different farmers. You stick to your little perimeter of your little farm. Your zone. And that's your farmer. And if you don't fall in love with that farmer, tough titties, back (laughs) home. Oh, my God. (laughs) Back home you go. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. (laughs) All right. Last question. You are three from four. I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm I'm intrigued to see how you're going to go with this one. I think Annabelle won't get it. You know, it was, oh, me, it was me in these recordings saying these things. You remember that? I right? had forgotten half of <laughs> On the 12th of August, 2021, okay. we released an episode called Where the Truth Lies. What was it about? What was that title referencing? Oh, my God. Mm. That's hard. I remember this was an episode to break the fourth wall. There wasn't a heap to talk about this week, I think, maybe. No, there was. Oh, this there was a big was. segment. We're a bit more nervous about this one. Were we? Yeah. Where the truth lies. And I, when you came up with this episode title, I was like, I don't really get it. <laughs> and you're like, it's a play on words. And I was like, I get it now. Um, Annabelle. Oh, don't phone me. Phone someone Where? else. <laughs> I, I know that it was like. I'm guessing the double play or like the the double meaning was like something lying down or like there was something. Okay, no, you're I don't really understand not it. Where the truth lies. We were in lockdown. Where the truth so lies. I can hear you. <laughs> where the truth lies. Where the truth lies. What was happening in August? I don't fucking know. What was it? 
The jocks on Frillo good weekend oh, profile. I forgot about that story. Yeah, that was a big story. We had just interviewed him on the books that changed my life, and this profile on Good Weekend came out. Quite awkward for all it was, involved. It was, it was awkward, but it was interesting. So you three from five. Well done. Thanks. Jock really pivoted out of that scandal quite well. I completely forgot Me that too. happened. I thought the same when I came up with the questions. <laughs> Thanks for the quiz. You are very welcome. Thank you, next bitch. We are finishing today, Michelle. We wanted to do something a bit earnest because we have sugar, but we also had a, have a bit of earnestness to us. Um, <laughs> We're a Pisces and a Cancer. And what are you, Annabelle? A Virgo. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that like a I'm feeling? I'm shy and guarded. <laughs> You're not shy. You're not guarded anymore. Not anymore. I want to ask you what are the two main things? Well, let's start with one. What's the mm. one major lesson you've learned from the year? I think one of the major lessons, and I mean, it kind of ties into something we've already spoken about, but do not let the first hurdle of a project, of a life change, of a milestone stop you from ever standing up and going for the run. Do not let that first hurdle stop you because I think we could have easily sat there and thought in conversations aren't working we're not as passionate about these episodes as we once were looked at the task of completely rejigging our company the way we do things hiring a researcher in Justine who has been epic this year all of those things we could have looked at that and gone it's too hard let's just keep doing what we're doing by far the easier option looked like continuing in convo and the hardest option was changing to scandal but what often ends up happening, I think, in life, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this, I think you see the first hurdle and, yes, it looks intimidating, but once you actually leap over that hurdle and once you navigate that hurdle, the run ends up being the easier option. Scandal has yeah. been by far the easier, more seamless, more enjoyable, more fulfilling option. Yes, it had that first hurdle, but in conversation had hurdles, mini hurdles every single week that drained us. I think it speaks a lot to fear, right? Because I think fear can get in the way of people making big decisions or little mm. decisions. And it's like, if that's your only hurdle, the payoff actually may be much easier. As you say, like the harder decision was continuing doing in conversations because we kept looking at each other being like, well, could we be slicing our revenue in half? We've got people to pay. Is this a big, stupid business decision? But I think the sillier business decision would have been sort of kicking the can down the road, yeah. which is my biggest lesson from the uh, just to Segui. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone didn't get that joke, <laughs> it's a segue. Kicking the can down the road for me when we were talking about this, I was like one thing that I've really honed in on this year and spoken to you a lot about is let's not kick the can down the road, which yeah. is to say if something is not working call it. Like do not let your pride get in the way of acknowledging that maybe work you're putting out or a relationship you're in or a friendship you're in is just not serving you. I think I've had conversations particularly in the last couple of weeks about this with people who are just like holding on to things desperately because they want them to work out and I'm like stop kicking the can down the road. Yeah, I don't even know if the saying's right but let's just roll with no, it. No, it is. I think it's absolutely right. I think for me it's it's huge both in a work sense like I think pride for me, and I've, I've long held on to this, is one of the most dangerous qualities someone can have because I think it gets in the way of your relationships and I think it can get in the way of your work. And for us, ever since we started working together at Shameless, one of the biggest things for us is being able to say, it's not working, it's not good enough, let's pivot and move on. And the faster you can do that, the better off you are. Yeah. And it's the same with relationships, I think. It's like, I know it's never easy to turn around and be like, this is not working, I've got to, you know, cut this off. But sometimes the more you dig your head in the sand and let your pride get in the way, 
why, the worse off you are. Yeah, I think problems actually snowball, right? Like, or if we're using the analogy or metaphor of a can, the can <laughs> will snowball in that if you kick it down the road now, you're only like making that a future you problem. You're also wasting your own time. If yeah. you don't actually nip it in the bud now, do the hard thing today, make the difficult decision that you know you're going to end up making it becomes bigger and uglier and more difficult as time goes on. And you end up looking at yourself a year on going, I've just wasted 12 months with this thing where I could have been creating something new or dating new people or whatever. I think kicking the can down the road is so human and so relatable, but the quicker you can observe it in yourself and go, you know what, I'm dealing with this today, the better in all facets of your life. My second lesson from 2021 is to be a rock in the river. And I know we laughed we laughed <laughs> about me it. saying this in a podcast maybe a month ago. But truly, I think when society is so inflamed with issues, like we've had riots in Melbourne this year, we've had so many daunting news headlines that we haven't had in previous years. We've never lived through a pandemic, obviously, either. The last 18 months in particular have taught me I do not need to absorb every issue and every problem in the world. I can sometimes be a rock in the river and truly know that if I just focus on myself and I kind of go to ground for a little bit and I let the problems of the people around me, I'm talking friends, family, differing opinions of people in the media, whatever, if I let them pass over me, I can get through that moment better. I think I can be a very porous person sometimes and I take in everything from everyone. But this year, adopting that mentality of I'm going to ground and I'm not going to let this wash me away, like I'm actually just going to sit here and let it wash over me, has been a really eye-opening, enlightening experience. Well, I think that says a lot about energy preservation, right? Mm. Being like, where am I spending my energy? Am I, and am, I, am I using all my energy up on other people and things that I can't control? Or am I sort of savoring my energy for myself? I also think it says a lot about boundaries. Like I know boundaries are such a buzzword at the moment, but I think it's really good that they are because I think that leads me into my second lesson, which is all about boundaries. And I think one of the, the biggest things from this year, and we touched on this before when we said we swapped our Monday and Thursday episodes and everyone was very generous in sort of continuing to come back and not letting that, never complaining about that or never saying anything about that, gave us work-life balance when we hadn't had one before mm. since we maybe were 20 or 21. We'd worked through every weekend and work had been the most important thing in our lives up until then. And I would say on behalf of both of us that that is no longer the case. It is like one of the most important things in my life. But this year I've learned that it's not the most important thing in my life because when things are stripped back and you are in lockdown for a very long time and work and home is kind of all you have, I was like, I need more. Mm. I need to... I need to be pouring myself into my friends, my friends who have been there forever, my family who are so great to be around. I don't want it to just be work. Like mm. I don't want to build this and you don't want to build this business into being something bigger than we can handle. Like I want to keep it small and I want to keep it agile and I want to keep a work-life balance and I want to keep people around us work-wise that we love. Like I think that is something that we don't often hear a lot about is people being like, I want to grow, but not that much. Yeah. And I think as well, we also listened to a podcast yes. last week, Zara, that made us have a really visceral reaction. We've spoken about Molly Mae Haig, the very famous ex-Love Island contestant and now popular influencer and businesswoman. We've spoken about her on the podcast this year. She actually did an interview with a business podcast. It's called Diary of a CEO last week and said some things that were really really interesting for us to consider. We'll play a clip here for everyone to listen to. I've lost a lot of friends, but since coming off Love Island, because I don't have the time. And I, and in the end, I just say, do you know what? Look, like, 
I'd rather focus on the things that are actually going to elevate me. And, and it sounds savage, but sometimes friends, they yeah. just not cling on, but they, they don't add much. Add value, yeah. yeah. I know it sounds a bit savage, but I, I really would rather just spend time with Fran because we're friends and we talk about work and we get, we, you know, we, we make money. And then I spend time with my, with my boyfriend because he's, amazing and I doesn't, you don't need to force the conversation you'd have to go for dinners and split the bill yeah. it's just yeah. like oh, it sounds <laughs> terrible but I just don't have the time for it I just, I'm lazy with it context there Fran is her manager that she's referring to so she's saying I prefer to spend time with Fran my manager because we make money and my boyfriend Tommy because he's a great person I don't feel the need to have friends yeah, and I remember us listening to this and both texting each other pretty furiously about it because I had so many thoughts about it. Firstly, Molly May's only 22 and I think the first overriding thought was will she feel the same in a couple of years? Like will she feel like this? Which is not to be patronising in any way, shape or form to be like, oh, when you get older you won't feel like this. I, I would just genuinely be interested in mm. whether she tires of that mentality or whether it's just really central to who she is. But me listening to this, I think I felt so viscerally about it because this year I felt so differently to her. I was like, I was so lucky to live with my partner through a long year and he was a great support network. I was so lucky to work with you guys. So, so lucky to do this job. And yet at every other turn, I was like, I need to call my friends. Like mm. I need them. I had my best friend move back from London and it's been like the biggest blessing ever to have her properly back in my life. I have had my friends and held them close. And I was like, that's that's what I need. Like that is one of the most fulfilling parts of my life. Mm. And that's what I want to focus on and hone in on. I don't need heaps. Like I, I think some people listen to those quotes by Molly May and say, well, maybe she just doesn't need a big circle. But I don't think she is saying that. Well, it's a tricky one because in some points in the interview, she said, oh, well, I I love having a small circle. And actually, I agree with her on that. I am Me too. the same. I, I love having a tight circle as well. I think having a, a very special few around you can really enrich your life in beautiful ways. But it was quite discombobulating to listen to this interview and hear her describe dinners with friends as a waste of time or say that she doesn't have the energy for friendships or like when you make comments like, they cling on. Oh, well, not cling on. I don't, I don't mean that. I kind of think in my head, you do mean that. You do mean that and you've heard it and you've gone, oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. It's not that. But it kind of is that. Like that's the way she's framing friendship. And I think as we've said on the podcast this year, sometimes people define themselves and you see yourself in by deciding what you are not. And I think as much as I love Molly May, I'm a huge fan of some of the stuff that she does. I follow her pretty loyally online. I really enjoy watching her content, particularly on YouTube. I can see what I am not when I listen to quotes like that because my attitude towards friendship is that it is one of the most beautiful, valuable, enriching things that you can have in your life and friends cannot be measured by wasting time or time that could be better spent making money. The best time spent is building connections with people on this earth and I think listening to that podcast, it really reminded me that I might never be as financially successful as Molly May Haig but I feel very successful and that I love my friends so fucking much. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to what you value. And right now I value the people I surround myself with. And I, it just comes down to how you feel 
fulfilled and she may feel fulfilled in that way and who's to tell her that it's wrong I think as you said Mish it's just a reminder of how you feel differently yeah absolutely guys before we wrap this episode let's chat very very quickly about 2022 we have so much we want to do we want to go on tour Michelle we were desperate to go on tour we've been desperate to go on tour for the last couple of years it's not been possible because of COVID I won't say it's a sure thing because God knows what's <laughs> happening, but we will make everything happen to get to cities that we haven't been to before. Yeah. Annabelle Lee, we are hoping to, to make you your own show. Yes, we are. I'm so excited. We- We've got an idea. I had an idea in the middle of this year and I'm itching for us to all sit down in January next year and actually start figuring out if it's the idea we're going to pursue, but I'm bloody excited. Ever since you came up with this idea, I've had just visions flash at me <laughs> every night. I'm so damn excited. I'm very, very excited. I I can't wait to make another show. Like we haven't been able to do that in so long as well, often because of COVID. So it's going to be a huge year. We cannot wait for it, guys. In the meantime, we are still going to be hitting your feeds twice a week. We've got scandal episodes dropping in your feed. We have, dare I say... A great Taylor Swift series for your summer ears. Yes. We also have, of course, the books that changed my life still dropping on the Listener app. You can download that one for free. We still have some incredible interviews to come over summer. The perfect summer listening. Yeah, some of those interviews are my favourite interviews we have ever done full stop. So thank you so much to everyone who has downloaded Listener and listened to those books that changed my life episodes. If you haven't caught the one with Annabelle catch it because it's a fucking good one. I'll stop. (laughs) Thank you so, so much, guys. I know we're going to be dropping back into your feeds, but it won't be like real life. Us us from the past. So thank you for such a wonderful year. We couldn't be more grateful for how kind and thoughtful you all are. We hear from you in so many different forms, be it over Instagram or TikTok or email or whatever, and we love hearing from you. You definitely hold us to account, but you also are so incredibly supportive, as I said, so we are so grateful. Yeah, guys, thank you so, so much. Be safe, spend time with your loved ones, and we'll be back in your ears, of course, next week, but in the real-life version present day us back in your ears mid-jan yeah mid-jan it will be a january i need to get my calendar <laughs> up why wasn't this written on my docs i'm pretty sure it's like a january 20 episode so we will be back then we're taking a pretty solid break annabelle lee yes. anything to add no but next year i'm gonna come and i'm gonna say something important thanks guys bye We didn't actually go anywhere. We're still here. We're still here. Congratulations to the loyal people who are still here. You're still here and you will find out before anyone else finds out that no, we don't think it's pronounced Jennifer LaPaz. <laughs> or Cotty Simpson. Or Cotty Simpson. Or, or Voice Mal or... Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Or nostalgic. <laughs> we don't think that. Hard. After a year of receiving feedback from you, our beloved listeners, that apparently we pronounce things a little strangely, a little bit too Melbourne-y, some of you might say... We decided to troll you. Joke's on you guys. Well, not not you guys if you're still listening. The joke is not on you. We decided to plant some words in today's episode to see how well we could mispronounce them. And I tell you what, this was a slow episode to record because <laughs> we could not keep a straight face when we were saying them. So you're bloody welcome. We will have a video of all of this up on TikTok and on Instagram. We'll give it a few hours. You can be in on the secret first <laughs> and we'll give it a few hours and then we'll put it up and you can see our reactions as we were doing it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> see ya. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media, 
Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.